Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Glover's Talk. Somerset Live is a weekly podcast covering all things Yeovil Town. I'm Stephen Dalbiak. I'm hosting this week on the week that Yeovil Town secured their League 2 status for another year. I am joined by Mike Taylor fellow reporter, fellow football fan and the biggest champion you can find of Mikel Arteta to replace Arsene Wenger. How are well, you doing, Mike? I'm not too bad, not too bad. I have to say, you have to watch his interviews. He's very suave. He's got the, the cleanest haircut in football, I think, and obviously he's already won the Premier League title. So, I think I think fashion and eloquence are two, uh, two qualities that may or may not make a good football manager. As, uh, you know that will have your various opinions. Just ask me in five years. <laughs> Enough about Arsenal, enough about Arsene Wenger. We're here, obviously, to talk about Yeovil Town, as is in the name of a podcast. I mean, that's just that's what we are. So, of course, this week, Yeovil Town finally secured their, their safety in League Two for another year. They drew 0-0 at home to Forest Green Rovers on Tuesday in a game that, um, that maybe entertaining wouldn't be the right word to describe it, but no. from... Yeovil's point of view, they did what they needed to ensure that they cannot be caught by either of the bottom two teams and that they will be playing in League Two again come August. Now, Mike, of course, you know, from a team's point of view, the first priority at the start of every season is to make sure that you're not going to go down. However, from a position that Yeovil have been in, when you look at the last three years, I mean, it's very much, you know, sort of something which, you know, a mark that they've got to, but nothing really to celebrate, would you say? Um, well, it's just comprehensive really it's obviously the, the basic target of the season to stay in the Football League obviously in League 2 and uh, obviously they did that with their 0-0 draw on uh, Tuesday night which I completely agree with you it's possibly a boring football I've seen and uh, especially on the same night that Liverpool won 5-2 against uh, Roma which was some, uh, you know I know you've got to wonder which set of fans got their money's worth out of that one yeah, really polarising uh, uh, two very contrasting games there but no I think it was a Obviously, both teams knew what they needed to do, and I think obviously Overtown now got got to that um, that point. Obviously, now they're they're safe in the league, but I I get the impression that, especially in from the Twitter reaction from uh, various uh, Overtown fans I follow on Twitter, they were very much like, "Well, we sort of fed up with us just struggling to just stay in the league, but we want really want to kick on for next season." And uh, and I think it's important that you know we Overtown saw off at the start of you know. Start not thinking we want to stay in the league. We need to. They need to start thinking we need to get mid table and push on. For the next I think. Week. I think you're absolutely right. I think the way I would describe it is, I think it was important for Yeovil to stay safe because the consequences of a, of the team in Yeovil's position dropping into the national league and out of the football league. I mean, it would have been the ramifications of that would have been disastrous for the club, and I think it would have been very, very difficult to see how the club could have recovered yeah. from that. I think it would have been a, really a, a really, really difficult step for the club to recover from. So. In a way, it's good that it's now done, it's done and dusted. But you're right, you know, Yeovil cannot go through every year thinking mm. or you know, trying to, you know, just keep their heads above water, just surviving in the Football League. You know, they, they've they done that for the last three years now in League Two. The two seasons before that, they were obviously relegated from League One and from the Championship. And mm. um, 
I think you know, fans they, they they want to see the team progressing. They want to they want to it's turn up on a Saturday, really, and, isn't it? Really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they want to turn up on a Saturday, and they want to you know to have something where they can get excited about. They want to mm. believe that they you know there's a chance that the team can get up the table, that they can compete with something. And it's been too long for them since that happened. And um, I think there are a number of reasons why that has been the case. I think you know the the way the, the budgetary constraints that Darren Way mm. had on him, particularly in the first half of the season, you know, didn't help. Mm. But I think, you know, it's it's very difficult when you're in your position to to really if if all you're doing every year is staying just ahead and or just above relegation or surviving by four or five points, it's very difficult for, for a fans point of view to really get infused by that on a long term basis. And I think that's reflected in the way attendances have dropped off the yeah. season. It's very interesting, really. It's a bit like, I mean, I've, it's been probably be a very uh, bad example, but it's, it's like, you know, when you look at, say, the Premier League, it's always, you've got the certified teams that have always been there. They sort of always get the same position. Yeah, they, they stay up every season, they get around the same position, folks. But fans, like, um, they would want that team to kick on. You know, obviously, under, uh, like I say, Everton, David Moyes, there was always top half of the season, uh, of the table, you know, got to the got to limit but I was always a feeling that you know maybe they should really kick on and maybe challenge for the top four um, they never obviously did that and since then obviously it's been a bit of a shambles unfortunately but you've, you, but as fans I think we want to see something entertaining um, and not just the same old same old every season you're seeing that a bit with um, when fans when clubs really seriously kick on like Vaxxon Stanley Atkinson Stanley you look at that I say that's a certified League 2 team when you think of League 2 now they've yeah. the smallest budget in the football league. They've now clearly won the league, you know, yeah. and they've and they've that's so you know they haven't they haven't had a promotional relegation in dozens. It's about it's about ten or twelve years. I yeah, think. exactly, exactly. They haven't had, and they've and they've been pretty much a team that have been both sides of that league table. Yeah, yeah, and they've really given the fans something to inspire. But I think the other time need to copy what they've done. Yeah, and I think I think we want to touch on this again a bit later on in the podcast. But I think one of the things about Akron and Stanley have had this season is they have had that stability. Mm. John Coleman's obviously been there for a number of years. I mean, in two spells. I mean, he was first his first spell began back mm. in 1996, I think it was. So you know, he's been there a very very long time. But one thing they had from last season is they were able to keep a lot of their players together. They kept the squad together and they really built on that. Yeah, and that really enabled them to push on and and climb up the table. I think um, you know Yeovil don't have that. They they do have this tendency, and they've had this tendency in the past to allow contracts to run down to only offer one year deals. Mm. And then you get to this position at the end of every season where you'll lose you know two or three of your best players. You'll lose all of the lone players that have come in and made an impact. And then you're in that position in you know May and June where you're having to rebuild virtually an entire squad yeah, from scratch. Yeah. And I think one thing that's hopefully will be different this year is the fact there are 13 players under contract there. You know, there is the opportunity to really build a yeah, team around players that are there now, which hasn't happened. And I think that is something which could be crucial, particularly at the start of next season. Yeovil have to use that as a springboard to push themselves up the yeah, table because, you know, they've they've done it for three years now where they've really struggled to make any sort of impact in League Two. Yeah. It cannot happen again. You know, it, it cannot happen for a fourth year. You know, they needs to be more. Otherwise, you know, there there would have to be some sort of change, particularly on the on the players yeah, and on the management front. You would have to think. Yeah, that. I mean, I I look at it and I look at the squad. And you you look at the teams that have gone up. You you would say there's a spine on those teams. You know, it goes down to the goalkeeper, the central defender, uh, the midfield, and the striker. You know, you just you know, it's a classic spine. You know, obviously, like say City have got one. You know, they've obviously got um, Anderson. They've got obviously some like. Um, 
company, then they got like a David Silva, then they got Aguero, you know, something like that, for example. But obviously, over time, I don't really see them really having a spine at the moment because they're, they're sort of rotating goalkeepers. Obviously, they know her fault their own. Defensively, I mean, everyone seems to play centre back, even though they're full back, you know, I wouldn't say there's a, a mainstay. Uh, Midfielder, that's contracts with the club, and obviously, but the only I'll say certified striker possibly would probably be like an, an Alex Fisher or a Zoko. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important that you have one build a spine and obviously uh, on their team with obviously permanent players who are going to stay there for some time. Um, obviously, obviously, improved coaching and tactics and facilities. So obviously, then they can recruit these players that can play off the spine of the team and then really kick on really and it's again I, I, I go on and go on about spine uh, teams having spines because it creates an identity for the club really so and yeah I, yeah and I think you can't really build a squad really on just free uh, just on loan transfers well, really. that's what it has been it's been loan players and it's been free yeah, it's, agents and then you know yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't Fault down ways commit um, sorry oh, recruitment this season. Oh yeah, January, I think recruitment on the whole has been very been solid. For, and yeah. with the budget that he's had, he's brought in a good yeah. squad of players. The problem has been with their inexperience and with the consistency. Yeah, and really, you know, they you never feel the overall strung a you know sequence of results together. They they've won two games in a row on three mm. occasions, but they've never gone beyond that. And if if you really want to climb up the table, you need to be capable at certain stages of the campaign of putting together those runs where you win four or five on the bounce and really yeah, get yourself up the table. And if you're going to win a couple, then maybe lose a couple, maybe win one, draw one. You know, you're never going to get above sort of that area where, mm. you know, you're you're probably just doing enough to stay up, but you're never going to get any further than yeah, maybe about of sort of 18th, 19th where you overall sat for the majority of the season. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's just, um, and I think really, obviously, we keep going back to it, but I think fans need to see something entertaining every week and, and, and see that there's a, a case of... Um, Yeovil really are progressing. I think in the second half of the season, you did get this sense that you know Yeovil were progressing. Obviously, then Darren White came out and said, you know, despite the tough uh, end of the season, they he sort of believed that they could get mid-table slash uh, break. I think he said he wanted the, the players to believe that they could finish in the top half. Yeah, and... yeah, but I think it, obviously since then, I think the, the sort of teams faltered really, and I think it's really been brilliant because they sort of just want to get to get to mathematical safety and then just put their feet up really but I think it really is a case that I think that we just need you have time to really need to kick on next season so yeah yeah. and we'll come back a little bit to that and I'll ask a couple more questions just about sort of the specifics and go into a bit more detail about that but um, before we do that I want to just have a quick chat about Tuesday night in the Forest Green game and I know there's been a lot of talk particularly among yeah. our fans about the about how bad a spectacle it was and I will honestly say that in the 18 months that I've been going to every Oval Town game is in, in the role that I have now it's the worst game I've seen by some distance you know oh, you yeah. could tell there were a couple of moments where you thought maybe there could be a goal you know Yeovil had a good chance in the second half Forest Green had one or two in the first half but apart from that you always sort of sensed that it was going to end up nil-nil but in the circumstances, you know, you, you get two teams that both need a draw and if they get that draw, they know they're going to be safe. It's perhaps no surprise if that's exactly how it panned out. Yeah, of course. I mean, I mean, the, the highlights um, post on the Yotam uh, YouTube page makes it seem as if it was a, you know, picking the best out of the worst, really. And it seemed like it was an entertaining nil-nil, but it really wasn't, really. I mean, it was a quite a boring game. I would, you know, you could see Madison probably doing his tax returns. You could see Zoko possibly doing his... Open, oh, I saw open a couple of holiday degrees. brochures out there, yeah. Yeah, was... yeah, because everyone, it just seemed like so unbothered and it was just, wasn't very much, uh, 
an entertaining game, really. And you know, and I, yeah, you know, I, I, I completely accept that. Obviously, both teams yeah. they play for a point because they needed a point. Yeah. But still, at the same time, give the fans something to yeah. talk about, really. I mean, it was never any suggestion that they got together and they fixed the draw beforehand. That, of course, didn't happen. But of course, what it is is it, when you're in that position is that you're not going to be taking the risks that you normally would to go forward and create oh, no, chances no, no, because no, I, I, yeah. you don't want to leave yourself exposed. And so, when you've got two teams doing that, it's very much a case that you know if the ball will come forward, then it will come back, and it just go back and it's forth. Not, and, yeah, it's, I think it would have been much more entertaining game had say either Yeovil Town or Forest Green were closer to the uh, uh, to the bottom or they were in the bottom two places yeah because if if for say Forest Green were you know second bottom they needed a win to get out of um, the relegation places that would have been a much more entertaining game but instead yeah. obviously considering both teams are sort of in similar positions similar points and I, and I think it, it's it's a shame that yeah. this game was a, it was a, obviously it was a rearranged game because it was due to take place in Good Friday and the game oh, was yes. then postponed because of the weather and it's a shame yeah. that it perhaps it didn't take place then because it that would have been Yeovil's first game since their win at Colchester. But also, it means that they wouldn't have had the permutations attached to it. And actually, when you look back to August, when Yeovil went to Forest Green and played there away, it was a really, really open, really entertaining game. And both teams are capable, from what I've seen of them, of playing open, entertaining football. Mm. So I think that you know the potential in the two teams was there for them to play out a really good game. And of course, because of the circumstances, we were treated to a bit of a bore fest. And, you know, it is what it was, but, yeah. you know, you can you can understand why they did it, and I think you know I'm not you know you can't really criticise both teams for setting up the way they did. No. Perhaps the only regret you know if you you know you could see you know and highly illegal I know, but wouldn't it have been great if both teams needed a draw if they got together beforehand and said you know what we both need a point? How about we go and fix an eight or a nine a or five five as we saw yeah. against Bristol City? In yeah, just hole. something utterly ridiculous. But you know it'd be, it would have been a bit of a farce, a bit of a laughing stock. But at least there would have been some goals and a little bit of entertainment, I guess. Oh yeah, and maybe a comical goal for the second game running. We don't knows? talk about that. Well, I'm not counting as blurred. Oh yeah, well, yes, we, can't, we cannot mention that now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what poor Tom James because he's spent all season with these knuckleball free kicks as they're called and he's come really close with two or three of them where, you know, where he's just come inches away from putting him in the top corner from 35 yards out and then yeah. he gets this one you know botched clearance against Notts County where he just by pure fluke catches it perfectly and puts it straight into the top corner yeah. I think you've got to feel for him because the, the way that he's played and the way he's taken some of those free kicks he deserves probably to have had one of those go in just not in his own net yeah of course of course and I think it, obviously it's a bit bad obviously because obviously he's had that incident against United as well I obviously hope this doesn't doesn't play on his mind too much really but he's had I'm a sure it won't. He's... decent season and who knows one one day he might get that might get that top bins on that free kick who knows yeah next season, well there's so. two games left so well, he's hopefully got, yeah, he's got plenty of opportunity yep. now of course Yeovil have and did secure their um, their League Two safety on Tuesday night, and um, of course it was one of those things that perhaps you know the reaction, you know, it was very much a very ambivalent sort of reaction towards towards it, and um, of course you know one one person who knows more than more than most what it takes to get success with Yeovil Town and his experience about success is Darren Way who is who is the manager and um, he came out on Tuesday and he said that he fully understands why the fans are frustrated you know he, he appreciates that they want more and he said that he wants more now I've been to the, um, the pre-match press conference today ahead of um, Saturday's game against Mansfield and I did ask him I said do you have any message for these fans and for these supporters that can you know perhaps give them any kind of message or you know signal or reason to be hopeful for next season and um, when I asked him that this is what he had to say All I do now is when I first took over I took over a, a team that was almost falling out of the league 
I've probably had my most successful spell taking over that squad and then every year after that it became a little bit more difficult the system I'm going to keep referring to the system the reason why I'm saying the system is because we then had to deal with a window dealing with a window at Yeovil Town Football Club didn't help the cause for this club to get back to perhaps League One as a realistic objective so that put a lot of pressure on the the signings we made uh, certainly the loans players that we've got. You could see with Olafella Olamola this year, would we have been in a different situation if Olafella Olamola stayed? He then returns to Southampton and he's on the bench every week. So what it does is it causes you a problem. Now with no uh, big resources, you're always in a, a window of opportunity where your best players could go and uh, be taken and then it's almost you're starting all over again with 21 players we've had this year 21 new players what I can say is that the the new players that we've got in this year when I look at Sean Donnellan who's going to be a great player we've got Tom James who's a good player we've got Bevis Mugabe I'll put it down to no different than going to school your first year at school to by the time you leave secondary you're more developed you're well experienced and, and you, you, you're fully equipped to be able to handle what you need to handle. That's no different than what it is playing League Two football. I want my players to play 40 plus games. The experience, the confidence that they gain from that is huge. We only then reap the rewards after that, providing we keep them. And that went no different with Luke Ayling, and that was no different with Ed Upson. And if we had one or two experienced players with that spine of the team, you end up becoming more successful, which is what we've seen with Wickham, is what we've seen with Exeter. It, realistically, that that is what gains your results. And those discussions that you'll be having with the board, you're saying to them that you know the, this is what we've done before, these are examples of other clubs in the league that have built up over time and gone on to bigger and better things, that this is what you need, this is what I need from you, you know, back me and this is what I can deliver. Is that well, they've always understood the, the situation that we've been in and uh, this ain't no uh, question marks at the board. I can totally understand the reason as to why I've been given what I've been given to work with. Have we overachieved this year for what we've worked with? Yes, we have, um, as far as a business point of view, because there's a lot of clubs, and trust me, there's a lot of clubs that are struggling right now. Um, and you've probably only got to look at Barney and Chesterfield to find that situation out. You could end up in a nightmare, and that is falling out of this league. And uh, unfortunately, it's happened to Bristol Rovers at a time. It's happened um, to Exeter. It's happened to Leighton Orient. And the competition's got harder now. From when I first took over, I look at Dagenham in York, to now looking at Barnet and Chesterfield. It is the, the the difference is huge. I feel if we make the right decisions, you're that close to being in the top half of the table. But unfortunately, that's out of my hands. Because there's so many things that it's invisible to supporters, like accommodation, um, location. So Stuart Nelson would have his family, who I would class as a very good player, great experience led the team by example when he was playing 
lives in Kent, so he's got wife, two children. Francois Zoko, his wife and two children are up in Nottingham. So the commitment that the ex more or less the experience have to make to move to Yeovil um, is, is huge. And uh, trying to get that experience is not easy. Okay, so that was Darren Way there talking ahead of um, Saturday's game against Mansfield, but very much talking about you know what it might take next season for things to to improve. What do you think, Mike? Is is the most important you know thing that you will need to look at in the summer and, um, and make sure that they do put in place going into August to make sure that next season fans do have more reason to be hopeful. Uh, well, I think it's really just going to be a case of um, signing some solid players, really. Um, Signs from exciting players, I would say. Um, experience as well. Experience as well. Um, you know, you have to look at, say, you know, you have to identify at first, identify problems in the squad. And I think if you if you identify those problems early on, that sends messages to the fans that you know you're saying you really are uh, focused on next season. You know what's what problems are from last season. You learn from the mistakes and you want to move on and use it as a um, uh, pushback for next season. Um, you know, and I think. Um, as we've been talking about again, obviously not to repeat ourselves, but I think obviously the other time obviously want to, obviously the fans really want to see uh, more entertaining football and obviously want to keep at the ground and, and keep returning really. And the only way they're really going to do it, obviously if, if the other time we play entertaining football and attract some decent players and obviously uh, kick on for next season. So, I think it's no coincidence that the, the two best January signings in, in my mind and the two players that really have had a big impact in, in the overall, you know, having an upturn of form sort of in February and March time and you know putting together running results but ultimately got them safe were Stuart Nelson and Alex Fisher who yeah. both signed uh, obviously Fisher signed in January Nelson signed in February after Artur Krizyak was injured but it was that, that key experience and some of that know-how and mm. some of that you know, the fact that they've been around for several years they know what it takes to win games at football league level and in Alex Fisher's case you know win games abroad he's played in I think in Belgium in Italy in mm. Spain and obviously in Scotland as well and it, it's those players who have that sort of that nous and that know-how that can really take those inexperienced players those young talents mm. under their wings and really you know help to spur them on as well and hopefully that they will feed off their experience and their knowledge too and yeah uh, of course well, I think Yeovil yeah. probably do need you know two or three players of that ilk now we talk about contract renewals and I think if you look at the, the players that are whose contracts are up you know there are some key players there that I think Yeovil need to try to get tied down on new deals and of course Nelson is the obvious one because oh, yeah. his performances in goal were I've been a massive I've been a quite obviously uh, anyone who's been listening to this podcast for quite some time they're all well aware of my uh, my approval of my fellow Gloucestershire resident. Yeah, yeah, of course. And um, I think Oscar Goburn as well. You know, he's not made, perhaps played masses of football, but I think he's another key experienced player in that midfield who, you know, he's out of contract. But if you were able to get him to sign an extension, I think he will be a key player mm. next year. You've got Fisher, you've got Zoko, you know, two very, very experienced strikers who, you know, I think need to start next season as the yeah. front two. They're both under contract. There's no reason why they can't. The, the interesting one is going to be the defence because, of course, Omar Sawumni is his contract is up and uh, there were clubs that wanted him in January. And Tom Beans as well. It's likely that yeah. clubs will come back in for Omar in the summer, particularly the fact that they can get him for what will be a tribunal fee. Um, Tom James, of course, there's speculation over him. So that's going to be the interesting one because you've got your two most experienced defenders there yeah. who are Nathan Smith and Ryan Dixon. They're both out of contract. And I would have said that... 
you know, I, I wouldn't have thought it would be a dead cert for either of those two would get offered an extension. But I, I do wonder with the uncertainty around Sir Wimney and James and the fact that the Oval can't guarantee that both of them will be there. The fact that, you know, what Darren Wade does with those two players as well, because yeah. that's a big decision to make there because you can gamble. You could perhaps say to, to Smith and to Dixon, you know, thank you for the time you've had here. You know, thank you for helping us, but we want to go in a different direction. But of course, if you do that and then, um, Omar Swimney says no thanks to a new contract and he signs for somebody else and a bid that Yeovil can't refuse comes in for Tom James then you have potentially then got a bit of a concern over over the defence yeah, but I think course. I think defence really is the only area of the pitch that I think Yeovil haven't got that haven't, aren't really that well covered for next season and um, I think that's the key thing they they need to go out and probably find one or two experiences oh, I was going to say I was going to suggest maybe one or two go, players, yeah. yeah to go alongside um, Bevis Mugabe who I'm pretty sure will be here next season to go alongside Sean Donnellan who came in and he's done a good job there was a little bit of uh, speculation but from what I can gather that's all sort of very much speculation at the moment I'd yeah. be quite surprised if Donnellan were to leave but these are players that you know, will need to build their defence around but also add some experience too now, how are Yeovil going to do that? Of course, it's no secret that the budget that Yeovil have been operating under is not the biggest. The mm. Manchester United money and the cup run and McShackey trade really did help that and helped particularly with the recruitment in January. But it's question marks as to how much of that will be available you know, and how much of that money is left over to yeah. invest in the summer. So it could well be that Yeovil you know, find themselves, if an offer comes in for Tom James, that they will have to take the money, have to take the money yeah. and then use that to reinvest instead of yeah, that like, money being made available. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think it's going to be one of those cases where you know, he really has to cash in the player when he, when he comes in, really. I think it, if you look at, say, a recent example, obviously, I just can't quite a few players. Uh, I think Khan is another one with, we all know there's a release clause for, yeah. you know, just Khan's contract, which means that, you know, he can he can go for a set fee. Mm. I know he's not had the best of times in the second half of the season, no. but if you look at the the amount of money that's in that release clause and uh, if you, you're a club and you see, you find out how much it is and you realise, actually, you know, that's a pretty inexpensive gamble for us to mm. want to take. On a mm. player that we know that when he's in form is one of the most exciting young players in League Two, you know you could see him going. Of course, the overall get the tribunal money for him. I saw him, which could you know hopefully you know could be anywhere up to six figures. Who knows? Mm. And I think you know you will need to be getting at least a quarter of a million, or at least trying to get potentially even up to half yeah, a million. Agree, for Tom James, agree, if the yeah. right club but comes really, in, really milk it, really, if you've yeah. got multiple clubs interested in him. Mm. And I understand there is interest, there has been interest and there have been sort of preliminary sort of, you know, sort of soundings out from at least a couple of clubs there. So, you know, it, it it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I think one big aspect which hasn't been really touched on that much or has been, you know, touched on from the fans who want that is they want more backing off the pitch from, you know, they want more money to be invested in the squad. They want, you know, the, the money to be there to be invested properly and to give you over a real fighting chance. And we, you know, we talk about budgets. Really, the way that the board cut the budget this year, it was only really the Manchester United money that helped Yeovil get back up and to, and left Darren Way playing with the amount of money that he really mm. should have been from the start of the season. And you think that you know, if Yeovil are serious about progressing, there has to be that support from the boardroom and that money given to Darren Way and to the coaching team to invest in the squad to give them that chance of climbing up the table. Yeah, of course, and I think that um, you have to really, uh, when it comes to obviously small budgets, you, when you've got a player that potentially of really good value, you have to really have to milk it really, and when it and you have to encourage a bidding war, 
if there's two or three uh, players, uh, teams, sorry, who are um, interested in, you yeah. have to. That but also creates a competition, really. And I think. But also, that money, I think, needs to come in regardless of whether there are player sales. I oh, of course, yeah. I, I think mm. the investment needs to come in, really. And um, because, you know, there's only so much you can do on a two-string budget. Or you get, um, or you get anomalies really of like Cactus and Stanley, who really have sort of gone on, got that promotion really for hard work, and goodwill. Yeah. Um, but you have time really need to obviously get that money in, um, use that to buy players that they do need, and really do invest and obviously kick on for next season. Really, yeah, so. and I think I think there's one thing. I think there are truly no excuses for next season. I think that you know they've had three years now where they've struggled. They have a stable squad, a relatively stable squad going into next season mm. and when you compare it to the other teams it will be in League 2 Yeovil will be by no means the worst hit squad by player exits and having to rebuild that excuse is out the window you know a lot of the players who are maybe this year was their mm. first year in the Football League they'll have a year's experience now you know you can't fall back on the inexperience of the players as an excuse the likes of Reese Brown the likes of Jordan Green the likes of um Sean Donnellan, you know these are players that now have that experience under their belts you can't say that this is their first season you know you have to, they have to be able to come in and perform straight away. And, mm. you know, there's that element on the pitch and among the coaching team is, you know, they, they've got no excuses. But also the board, if they want to and they are serious about the club progressing, they have to put their hands in their pockets and at least stump up some more cash or at least find some investment. There, of course, were rumours of more investment coming in mm. sort of towards the turn of the year, which did go a bit quieter when the Manchester United Cup draw came around. But, yeah, I was very you know, surprised that that never really got um, picked up any further afterwards. Yeah, so. well, I think, you know, it's the extra money that came in from that is it maybe you know John Fry and Norman Hayward felt there was less of a need for them to to need to cash in on the club than that perhaps there had been a couple of months previously but you know off the pitch there has to be more investment somehow we know whether it comes from internal or external sources mm. there there is no excuse for Yeovil to be in this position this time next year and you know if you sat here talking in 12 months and yeah. Yeovil are again in this position or perhaps even worse off then there really has been a big big failing and even bigger failing than you know perhaps you could you could perhaps argue there has been but I think that you know this really is crunch time you know I think next year will be a defining season for the club and will really determine where you know it could perhaps go when you look maybe four or five years into the future yeah of course and um, I hope I hope obviously any money that good does come into the club I think you'll hopefully you have the time to uh, invest it the right way as well, um, and really do kick on really because obviously I think you have, I think your time fans can only really get expect so much. Obviously I think if you if you're just as as we said earlier, we need to just kick on for the next season. So. Yeah, and of course one player who w- will be part of that next season will be yep. Francois Zoko, who you know to the joy of many at Yeovil Town will be under contract, will be at Hewish Park come August. And he, of course, is Yeovil Town's top scorer of the season as well with 14 goals, and he has the opportunity to add to that in the final two games. And at today's pre-match press conference, I spoke to Francois about how he felt his season had gone and just what his and his fellow players' hopes were for going into next season. Refresh, it depends, because um, before that, uh, that, few, that game I had for suspension, we didn't play too much for uh, the game uh, was because of the weather, the thing like that. So I was really fresh. I was in good shape. Like uh, my first game was uh, when I come back was, I think, uh, Exeter and Coventry. So everything was good. And that game uh, I had against uh, Luton, I was really expecting because fitness I was in very, very good shape. And this was the biggest disappointment for me because I wasn't going in the last few games with a lot of uh, uh, up 
and uh, that four games is come at a really bad time so it's hard to come get out and come back straight away fresh like that but I have to deal with the situation Tuesday night was a good 90 minutes I believe Saturday I will be more effective and for the, for the team and of course, one good thing, I think, is you've had very, very few fitness troubles throughout the season. So from your point of view, how do you feel that the whole of the season has gone in terms of your fitness and your performances? Uh, I, in terms of fitness, I am still to game. So I, I hope you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna go that way. It was good. Good fitness. Uh, we worked very hard with Mike to keep the balance to uh, to. I know more my body, I know more what I need on my experience, so I know I have to push it a little bit more, or I have to be a little bit uh, more on rest. So Gaffai leave me this this uh, this plan with Mike, so he helped me to build my season, and I'm really happy with that. And of course, you're one of the players that are under contract for next season already, and just from what you've seen from this team over the second half of the season, how hopeful are you that coming back in August that you can really push up the table and kick on next next time? Now, it's, I think for um, what I noticed from that season and more so second part of the season is that young boys we have, they have now the experience to play in league football like Tom, like Beves, so Reyes, uh, Jordan. For, for next year, they're going to be some of the boys that have this experience in league football. So I'm looking forward because they are good players. They have just to understand how the, how the league works a bit. And uh, this consistency we need, we're going to have it next year, I believe that, because the quality is there. So we just have to be uh, more uh, composure and really see through the game. This is what we need, and I'm really excited for next season. And of course, your great result that you had at um, Coventry a few weeks ago, is that one which gives you and everyone else confidence, you know, that if you're consistent and you perform at that level every week, that, you know, there's no reason why you can't challenge right at the top. Yeah, but the thing is, is that I'm not only looking at what we done this year, but when the season starts, you're in League 2, League 1, or Championship, the, your main thing is you want to go next step, <laughs> next level. So it's only Premier League, you play to stay in Premier League or win the Premier League. But other division down, when you play and you start the season, you want have that chance to compete, to go on the next, uh, next, uh, next step. So this is the start of everything. And... Uh, we have some good game, like I said, even against Manchester United, 45 minutes, wasn't that bad. We have good shape. So there are a lot of things you can take to put it together for next year and uh, have that uh, solid run on once. So Mike, that really leaves us with one thing to talk about, and that is Saturday. The last home game of the season. Of Mansfield Town to Hewish Park, the last home game of the season. And really, you know, this really is the chance for Yeovil to go, turn up, put a performance in without pressure of any you know any relegation worries or anything like that they, they are free just to go out play with freedom and hopefully give the fans something to cheer about going into the summer yeah, of course they need to really because it's the last home game of the season really i think and um and obviously mansfield are a team that are three points on the playoffs obviously still can get then to the playoffs with two games to go a bit uh coventry slip up once or twice but they do need so so it should be quite an interesting game in all fairness um we um, I hope the, uh, the players give the fans something to cheer about, really. Um, I hope they can stand up to Mansfield, and I hope it produces a few goals between them, too. And, of course, the thing for Mansfield is the pressure really is all on them. Like you say, they are they are three points mm. outside of the playoffs. They have to win on Saturday. There is no yeah. two ways about that. You know, It's very difficult to see how Coventry won't pick up one more point, which means that if Mansfield lose this game, 
or if even if they only pick up a point from this game, it's very, very difficult to see how they'll end up in the playoffs come the end of the season. So really, Yeovil have to take that and use the fact that they are going to have to come to Yeovil and attack them, and that will in turn create spaces and opportunities for Yeovil to come forward as well. Yeovil yeah. have to take full advantage of that. Yeah, of course. I think there's, if you're going to be attacking, that will naturally create space, and I think that Yeovil just need to stand up, uh, exploit it, and then go on them from there, really. Um, so it should create quite a thrilling game, really, if, if uh, Mansfield are really going for it. Yeovil have Virasca have nothing to play for, really, other than it's just last home game. They need to just uh, give fans something to cheer about. And I think they need to reward the fans after a dull nil-nil. So. Yeah, and I think you know it hasn't been the easiest of seasons. I don't think there's any getting away from that. I think the, the cup runs may have salvaged it in in some small part, but I think overall, I think the best way to describe the season is really sort of unremarkable. It's pretty mediocre, and it's not be, it's not given the fans that much to cheer from apart from in very small isolated bursts. So it would be be nothing better in my view, than for Yeovil to really come up Mansfield in their final home game, hopefully get the result. And if they were able to win the game, it won't, of course, salvage the fact that the season has ultimately been quite underwhelming, but mm. it will at least leave the fans going away on a high. And that's important because, of course, the next time all of those fans will be at Hewish Park is on the first home game come August. And it would be great for them to, to really have something that they can go home and, and be happy about. Now, of course, it's this time of uh, the week, Prediction That's time, Mike. Time so week. I'm going to yeah. going to put the ball firmly in your court. What do you think is going to happen? Two two, two two. So you're going for a high-scoring draw. Yeah. You know what? I think the overall playing with no pressure. Mansfield have been pretty terrible since David Thickroft took over in March. They've only won one game. I think you know Mansfield. They've got that pressure. I can see them buckling under that pressure, and I can hopefully you know allow Yeovil to go on and win the game. So I'm going to go for a two-one win for Yeovil, yeah, and cool. that's the most positive thing. But I think I've said. In several weeks so I think we, we probably best leave it there so thank you very much to all of you for listening we will of course be back next week when we will be previewing the final game of the season up at Lincoln City and hopefully we can do that off the back of another good Fingers win crossed. or a good win for Yeovil on Saturday so of course if you enjoyed listening to us this week and you want to subscribe you can do so by looking at iTunes and at Audio Boom. and of course from the game on Saturday we'll be bringing you all of the action as it happens on www.somersetlive.co.uk forward slash sport so make sure you check that out as well all that leaves me to say is thank you very much much for tuning in and goodbye. Take care guys, bye-bye. Ben jij prijsbewust? Nu extra MB's bij Mijn Sim Only. Voor 12.50 per maand, onbeperkte minuten of sms'jes en 3500 MB 4G internet tijdens de Ben Prijsbewust weken. Kijk op ben.nl.